Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to episode 39 of the Indie 11 podcast. I'm your host, Brendan Griffiths, and I would like to welcome you back from a long-awaited hiatus from the mic, and I want to give you guys the update in this episode, and I want to get into, as you can tell by the title, a topic of how to deal with injuries as a player. I think it's something that's really important and that every player in some capacity will deal with. So I wanted to hop on here and do an episode on it. So without further ado, let's get rolling. Okay, so first I wanted to just kind of give the update and explained why there's been a little bit of time away from episodes and and we had this little break here as many of you know the end of april kind of may area was when i came back from denmark and then i had the opportunity to play for a club here in the states in the npsl called the new york shockers and it was kind of a perfect situation because it was in my hometown essentially and it was still a decent standard and it was going to give me the opportunity to, you know, kind of still be around family and friends and have that aspect of my life fulfilled that I wanted to, but also really still get to play soccer at a high level. And it was awesome. It was going well. The first two weeks of training, everything was, was going well. I was playing well. I was loving football again. And I, you know, I really had no complaints. And then as for those of you who listened to the last few episodes, as you know, I then pulled my hamstring and I had a l- uh, was carrying it a little bit with me from Denmark. I had started to kind of feel a slight little tweak or twinge here and there when I was training and playing in Denmark, but I didn't think too much of it. I thought it was just kind of the usual, you know little knocks and nicks that you feel here and there when you are a footballer. So, and then I had a little bit of time off before I came and and started playing with the Shockers. So then trained pretty hard, pretty intense for about two weeks with the Shockers. It was, you know, more or less their preseason. So it was a lot of, a lot of fitness work, a lot of, uh, small sided games, 11 v 11 games, things like that, trying to gear up for a season. And I pulled it, pulled it pretty badly. And I kind of, I did it on one night in training. And then the next night I kind of, kind of made it worse and then continued to train on it, which wasn't the right decision. But by the end of that evening, once I got home, I, I could barely even walk on it. And I went to, uh, a physio the next day and you know was diagnosed as a grade one hamstring strain luckily there wasn't any tear or anything like that there wasn't any bleeding which is always a good sign and and then you know from there it's just kind of physical therapy and doing the right things in your recovery process and typically the timeline is anywhere from four to six weeks so I am pretty much now two weeks clear of the five week mark that was kind of laid out for me with my physical therapist, with my coach and, and all that kind of stuff. So the update 
is, you know, and as to kind of why I haven't been able to put as much time as I really would have liked to into the podcast as of late is I've been trying to play catch up with, you know, getting all the episodes out, getting all the content out. The videos are still kind of coming in slowly, but surely as, as some of you guys see, if you're watching this or if you are uh, following along with the YouTube channel, but I, you know, I've had work. I've also been coaching with the Bistera guys. I have been, you know, still going to training, even if I'm not training fully. And we have matches on the weekends. I've had physical therapy three times a week. Then my car was in the shop a bunch more times. I just had to go buy a new car. So it's just been, you know, most of my days I was going like 9am to like, we would train at eight o'clock at night or sometimes later than that. So I just, I wasn't able to really fit in time in a way that I really wanted to, to dedicate to the podcast. And I know that it's just an excuse, but it is what it is. And it, you know, it's not something that I have forgotten about and it's not something that I want to, to be done with. And I, you know, I do really value this podcast. Like I always say, I think there's, content that I've created that I've been really proud of and interviews and, you know, stories that I've told that I think can help people. And and I enjoy sharing my story. So it is something that I want to ramp up again and produce good content and, and provide things that can be valuable for those of you who listen out there. So, like I said, that's kind of the update of why things have been a little bit slower on the back end, just honestly a lot to juggle and a lot of craziness when it came to trying to get back healthy from the injury, still going to training, still coaching, still working at the restaurant, you know, and then figuring out the car thing as well. It just always kind of puts a, a wrench in plans when you don't have transportation to be able to get to all those things. And then you have to figure out that. So that is the update. And before we get into the main topic of today's episode, the dealing with injuries, I want to take a quick break and slide over to one of the first companies that is actually kind of working with in the 11 or is associated with in the 11, which I'm, I'm super excited about. So I want to talk to you about them. So I want to talk to you guys today about Mystery Sport. It's an awesome UK based company that is really kind of changing the game in terms of wearing kits and and wearing jerseys as part of your everyday fashion. It is a great company for those of you who like to incorporate football kits as part of your everyday fashion. And not only can you show your support and your love for the game, but you know, you can look good doing it. So what I also love about mystery sport, and I'm going to open the package that they sent to me with you guys here. So I can show you a little bit about what they're about is they give you the opportunity to not only get this awesome, authentic, you know, all their jerseys are authentic. You get this awesome, authentic kit, but you get to learn a little bit more about the club that actually you're repping. And you can, you kind of learn more about global football in doing so. So like I said, all the jerseys are authentic. So I want to open you this with you guys here. And each one is sourced from the different continents and leagues that they work with. They work with a total of 387 clubs and 211 on the men's side, 176 on the female side. They offer 
single jerseys, which is what I received. They also offer a bundle box where you can receive two jerseys or a subscription. And they have, like I said, on the men's side, they have on the women's side, and they also have kids sizes as well. So this is the jersey that I received. Back up a little bit so you can see it in the camera here for those of you who are watching. It is the Torino kit. All right, so I wanted to pop this on for you guys so you can see. Fits great, looks great. Like I said, you can tell it's authentic based on the material, the fit, the feel, the fabric, all of that. And again, what I love is they also send you information about the jersey that you've received and kind of educate you on the club itself. So this is from Torino FC. They play in the Serie A. This is their home 2020-2021 kit. They talk about what stadium they play in, when they were founded, the current manager, some of their key players. Right now, one of their key players is Andrea Bellotti, just won Euros today. And then they give you a little paragraph here about Torino saying it's an Italian professional football club based in Turin, one of the most successful clubs in Italy, seven league titles, five consecutive league titles in the 40s, uh, widely recognized as one of the strongest footballing sides of the period during the 40s, and they've won the Coppa Italia five times. And then they have a little mystery sport logo on the back. So I wanted to talk to you guys about this company today because I'm super excited to roll out a little bit of a discount for you guys if you are able to use my code if you use the code in the 11 so that is i-n-t-h-e and then the number 11 you can get 10 percent off of your purchase of a box bundle box subscription you can get 10 percent off if you use the code in the 11 so super excited about this to be able to give you guys a little bit of something to you know represent your love of football and and you know wear a great kit so thank you mystery sport for sending this over to me genuinely appreciate it don't forget use code in the 11 on their website i can tag everything down below link everything below for you guys to be able to go and check out mystery sport and start rocking some kits so thank you very much let's get back to the show all right i think i'm actually going to keep this on for the rest of the episode because I really like this. I really like this kit. But let's get into the topic for today, for this episode, dealing with injuries. So a lot of this, I can try and use the context of my current injury or my current recovery from injury because it's so fresh in my mind and and hopefully it can provide some good insight for maybe a player out there who's going through an injury or someone who's been through an injury or will in the future. Because like I said at the top, if you play football at a high level or any level, you'll probably deal with some sort of injury. I've been extremely blessed, knock on wood, that I haven't had any tremendously serious injuries in my many years of playing this game. Uh, I've had broken thumb before, broken wrists, bone bruises, sprains, strains, that type of thing, but nothing, you know, catastrophic hopefully that can that can stay that way and I want to talk about you know even those smaller injuries how to deal with them and and 
what you can do to prevent them, what you can do when you're actually dealing with them and, you know, kind of your return to play process. So one of the biggest things that I've learned in my time as a player is actually what you can do to try and prevent injuries. And it really boils down to a number of different things that you have to become really disciplined about and and really hyper-focused about. And, you know, some of those things right off the top for me that I can think of is dieting and hydration. I didn't really fully comprehend how much of a factor nutrition and hydration was until really like midway through my college soccer career when just me starting to change up my diet and me becoming super focused about how much water I was taking on each day. All of a sudden I started to have more energy in training. I started to have more energy in games and just really overall in my day-to-day life. And I felt better. And in turn, that helped me for the most part, stay off the injury table and, you know, choosing the right diet or choosing a nutrition plan that works for you is exactly that. It has to be something that tailors to kind of your needs and what you are looking for, whether you are an athlete or not, you have to have nutrition be something that it's important for you to keep track of getting the right things in your body, but you also want to eat foods that you still enjoy eating. You know, you can't solely look at food as a source of fuel and not think about taste whatsoever. So I started to play with a bunch of different things that allowed me to get to a point where now I have, you know, kind of recipes or things that I like to eat on a pretty consistent basis that I know I'm still putting healthy things in my body, but also I still like to eat the foods that I eat and I still enjoy eating the foods that I eat with the hydration. Honestly, the biggest thing for me was just, there came a point where I only started to drink water because I read a lot about just how much sugar you can drink or how many calories you can drink from consuming things like soda or juice or Gatorade. And, you know, there's a, there's a time and place for Gatorade or or Powerade or things like that. But I think as athletes, we are maybe told that we need, you know, things like Gatorade and Powerade a little bit more than we actually do. And I'm not going to turn this into a whole like nutrition and, you know, sports science type episode. But all I'll say on that topic is just, I switched to almost solely water just because of how much sugar I realized and how much empty calories were in a lot of the things that I was drinking, you know, when it came to sodas, lemonades, juices, and Gatorades and things like that. So I tried to cut back and go solely to water and then try and get as much water as I could especially in lead up to training or in lead up to games. What are some of the other things that I've learned along the way that are able to help prevent injuries? Well, for me, I also realized the actual amount of training that I was doing was going to affect if I picked up little knocks or if I didn't. And that works on kind of both ends of the spectrum. I think honestly, this injury that I just picked up recently was because there was a slight lack of training where, you know, towards the end of my time, my, the end of my time in Denmark, when my head was a little bit all over the place, I cut back on my individual sessions a little bit. And I think maybe 
that lack of physical workload could have resulted in then me coming home, training at a super high intense pace, and my body wasn't able to handle that shock of going from a little bit less to a lot all at once. You know, on the flip side of it, I've picked up little knocks before because I'm overtraining, because I'm training two, three times a day, and I'm just pushing my body to the limit. What I've learned from myself is I do better if I'm on the spectrum closer to that kind of limitation where I'm training almost too much because like I said, when I feel like I'm not training enough and then I try and ramp it up, usually that doesn't work well for me and my body doesn't react. For the most part, I can handle if I put a little bit more stress on my body than is maybe necessary. And again, this is something that you kind of have to figure out and listen to your body as you train and as you grow as a person and as you grow in the game. You know, you have to kind of figure out what works best for me in terms of how much I train. I will say, I think for most people, you know, you, you listened to my last episode that I did with Aramis. Like he said, he always felt the best when he was doing extra training. That was when he always was feeling the best in terms of form and also the best in terms of, you know, fitness and overall health. So I think always doing a little bit extra is actually a little bit more beneficial for preventing injuries because you're trying to increase that workload that your body can take on versus kind of babying yourself and saying, mm, well, I don't want to do too much because I don't want to get injured. I think actually the opposite is kind of true. In, in my experience and in my opinion, again, I'm not coming at this from I have an exercise science degree or a nutrition degree or anything like that, but I'm just kind of speaking from the perspective of what I've learned playing this game for a little while. In addition to that, prehab work, things like yoga, things like stretching, things like band work, mobility, all the types of things that you might do with a physio or you might do with a physical therapist or you might do with a personal trainer, strength and conditioning coach. Those are the types of things that you need to, the earlier you can get into a rhythm of doing those consistently, the more that it's going to help you. You know, become the guy that gets there 15, 20 minutes before training and does a whole band activation thing or make sure to do a cool down after each session. Come home roll out, uh, do stretching, do a yoga routine two to three times a week, all those types of things. While seemingly small and seemingly tedious and, and maybe annoying, I have found really do make a difference in the long run. If, if you're more activated, if you're fully warmed up before you go into a training session or into a game, you're far less likely to be injured. You know, if you take care of your body when you come home, on your off days, you know, even if you can start to incorporate little things like, you know, on a day off, do a little bit of active type recovery. If you can lightly hop on the stationary bike or go for a walk, like don't have it be this stark contrast between you play a 90 minute game and it's all out intensity and you've burned out your legs. And then the next day you've, you've just laid on your bed the whole day and not done anything to kind of keep your muscles loose and keep them fresh. In addition to that, I think things like icing, things like hot tubs, cold tubs, applying heat, um, 
all those kind of things that you can do again, pre or post training or pre or post game things. Like if, you know, if you're a collegiate athlete, you have access to an athletic training staff. Those are the types of things that can really help you. I did, you know, especially like my senior year in college, I would do contrast baths a lot the night before a game. I would, I've had shin splint problems before. I would sometimes put my lower legs in the hot tub before I'd go and train. It would help just loosen up my legs a little bit or I'd ice them afterwards. You know, all those little things, again, it may seem tedious after you finish training. You may want to just get home or after, you know, or before training, you may just want to show up right when training starts. But I'm telling you, if you do those little extra things, it really might be the difference between an injury and staying healthy for an entire season, which, you know, again, for those of you that play college soccer, the difference between an injury and, and staying healthy the whole time is a, a handful of games, which in a college season is a lifetime. You know, you play 18 games, maybe in a college season, sometimes a little bit less, sometimes a little bit more. And if you miss a month, that's a third of your season. So you got to take care of your body as, as best as you can. And the last thing real simple, um, is just sleep. I really like now that I have started using this whoop band, it, it tracks my sleep and tracks my recovery. And I really try and, and be a little bit better about getting to sleep and trying to sleep soundly as best as I can. It's still something that I need to work on. I'm not perfect with it, but especially in the lead up to a match, I want to make sure I can get as much sleep as I can because it's, it's honestly the number one recovery tool for anyone athlete or not. So I broke down a little bit. How can I try and prevent an injury? If I'm an athlete, if I'm a soccer player, now let's talk. Okay. I've done all that. Sometimes it's just out of out of your hands, out of your control. Sometimes you'll still pick up an injury. We all will experience it at some point. So unfortunately you have been injured. What do I do? What's next? The biggest thing is just try and keep a level head and try and stay as calm as you can. I know it's easier said than done. Let's take a break to talk about support for the In the 11 podcast is brought to you by Manscaped who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Their products are precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped Performance Package is the ultimate men's hygiene bundle. Join over 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code 11 at manscaped.com. Now, if my math is correct, that's about 8 million balls. Now, listen, here's the deal, gentlemen. The Performance Package 4.0 has arrived. And it is a game changer. Now, I know we got a lot of ballers out here, right? We got a lot of coaches out here. A lot of you, I know in your sessions, in your games, you're constantly saying, you got to take care of the ball, but you're not taking care of your own. It's crazy. It's it's wild. And we got to change that here. And Manscaped's going to help you do that. So first off, we've got the Lawnmower 4.0, and it is the future of men's below the waist grooming. And that is because of their advanced skin safe technology. The Lawnmower 4.0 is also waterproof. It has a 400K LED spotlight, so no more going blind in the bathroom, getting hair all over the floor, right? Pop in the shower, you've got the light as well, easy, and you're done. On to the next one. Now, same goes for that Weed Whacker. 
the Manscaped Weed Whacker for your ear and nose hair trimming necessities. You've got the proprietary skin safe technology, which is going to help reduce with nicks, snags, and tugs in those delicate, sensitive areas. Now, last but not least, we can't forget about the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and the Crop Reviver Ball Toner. A lot of you guys, I know you've got a routine with your recovery, right? You've got pregame rituals, you've got postgame rituals, a recovery routine that you do after, right? Hopping in an ice bath, whatever it is, you have to add your below the waist care to that. You've got to take care of your balls, gentlemen. You don't want to be playing 90 minutes and then you come in and you're sweaty and disgusting and you're not taking care of yourself. You got, you got to do it. And Manscaped, like I said, is here to help you in that department. And who knows, maybe that special someone that's in your life coming to the game, watching you play, you know, you play a good 90 minutes, maybe you bag a goal. I don't know. You want to be ready. You want to be prepared. You don't want to be in a situation where you are left without Manscaped. Now, just because Manscaped is hooking you up and they want to take care of you, the Performance Package 4.0 has a couple of goodies thrown in there. They've got the Manscaped boxer briefs and they threw in a little carry-on bag just to travel with all of your Manscaped products, whether you're going for an away game, right? It's a road trip, you're in a plane, whatever. Chuck all your Manscaped products in there. You don't have to think about it. You can forget about it and make sure that you're still taken care of. So it is time, gentlemen, because your balls will thank you. It is time to take care of yourself. So go to manscaped.com and get 20% off with free shipping using the code 11. That's 20% off with free shipping using the code 11, E-L-E-V-E-N at manscaped.com. That is 20 whole percent off of your order. 20% off your order with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use code 11, unlock your confidence, and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. A lot of times injuries, however small they may be, can be some of the most frustrating things. And the reality is, is I think most players, whenever they get injured, always convince themselves, oh, this is the worst time for this to happen. And I, because that's what I thought when I first picked up this hamstring injury, when I came home and was playing with the Shockers, I was like, this is the worst time it could happen. I was coming home. I was loving football again. And I was just starting to do well with this team. And then boom, I pick up an injury. But the more I've thought about it, the more I think there's not a time where I would have been like, yep, this is, this is an okay time to get injured. You know, if it's off season, then you're going to say, well, I wasn't able to prepare for this season the way I wanted to. I wasn't able to prepare properly. If it's during season, that's an obvious one. You know, you're missing games, you're missing trainings. And that's what I had to experience with this, this past injury. So the only thing that I can, you know, try and impart some of my wisdom on is, is what I've tried to tell myself is, you know, everything happens for a reason. And this is an opportunity for you to get stronger. And that can be both physically and mentally. So how do you do that? How do you actually get stronger physically and mentally from an injury? Well, the first thing is try and break down your recovery process into small and achievable goals. You know, the moment that you get injured, Give yourself some time to, to feel frustrated, to feel upset, to feel angered by the fact that this happened to you and it's unlucky and all those things. And then once you have a diagnosis, once you have 
a timeline, once you have a plan with a doctor or with your coach or with a physio or with a physical therapist, start to break it down into small achievable goals. You know, okay, by right now, I'm just working to week one. By the end of week one, I want to be able to walk this amount. I want to be able to be on the stationary bike for this amount of time, you know, or, or even simpler than that. By week one, I want to just rest completely and try and be pain-free by the end of the week. You know, everything's going to be different depending on what your injury is, but try and figure out a way for yourself to create benchmarks that you can achieve and focus day in and day out on those things and kind of become hyper-focused on your process rather than trying to take on the whole recovery process all in one foul swoop. The, the rehab process and your, not only your rehab process, but also your return to play process, which sometimes are kind of going hand in hand and sometimes are two separate things. They can't all happen in one go. Like I said, you have to be patient as easy as that is to say, but what it takes is working hard and trusting in the process that those who have the experience and have the expertise on this injury, what they provide to you, what their plan is to get you back on the field. So for example, I'll use my injury. Mine was a first grade hamstring strain. And it's one of those injuries that's difficult because it's an injury where when you're just walking, when you're just hanging out, you don't really feel a lot of pain after the first day or two. However, it's when you possibly go to run or possibly go to sprint, when you could tweak it, you could pull it, or even worse, you could tear it if you push your body too soon. And it's an injury where everyone says, oh, you got to be careful. You got to be careful because it's a dangerous injury. And a lot of times people rush back too quickly because they kind of deceptively feel like they're okay. They feel like they're healthy and then they've rushed back and boom, they redo it. And now it's, you know, another four to six weeks, or it's even longer than that if you do something worse. So like I said, sometimes the rehab process and the return to play process are two different things, two different timelines. I needed to rehab my leg for about one to two weeks. And that involved Easton with my physical therapist. It involved heat, ice, different things like that. And then slowly it worked up to some stretches, some stationary bike, some little exercises to try and build up the strength in my hamstring. Then after that, I was able to start to incorporate some things like light jogging. And then after that, it was some agility work and, you know, that return to play process kind of started after the rehab process reached a certain phase. And, you know, to be honest with those of you who are listening, I went faster than was really laid out for me by my physical therapist because I kind of felt like, you know, as a physio or a doctor or a physical therapist, their job is to make sure that you don't get re-injured and that they don't want to push you back too fast and have something bad happen. So I think a lot of times they err more on the side of caution. And I didn't really 
want to do that. I was kind of the opposite. You know, I was in a rush to get back and I was pushing the envelope in in every way that I could to, to try and get back on the field as quickly as possible. So, you know, did I do this rehab in the perfect way? No, probably not. I probably rushed it, but you know, again, knock on wood, as I've come back, I haven't had any injuries or any problems with my hamstring since I've returned to, to full clearance and played matches and, and played in training. So with that being said, I think what it really comes down to is you have to be your biggest advocate at the end of the day. You know your body best, so you have to be open and honest with everyone that's involved in this process. So if you feel like, you know, with your physical therapist that you feel really good and you can push it a little bit more, then bring that up in one of your sessions. And they may say, okay, yeah, let's go a little bit more. Or they may say, I understand that you feel good, but I still want to be cautious and I don't want you doing this, that, and the other yet. And then, you know, same thing on the other side. If they feel like you're ready to progress a little bit more, but you're like, mm, I'm still in pain or I still feel this tightness or I still feel something, be open and honest about that and they'll probably dial it back just a little bit. Again, the communication is key. So not only with your physical therapist, but also with your coaching staff. The moment that you start to feel some sort of pain or some injury, make sure that your coaches are aware of that. And again, open and honest communication. You don't want to be judged off of a performance that isn't really you. If you're an, if you're injured or you're dealing with an injury while you're training or while you're, while you're on trial or while you're in a match, that's the perception that that coach is going to get of you, especially if you're in the early stages where they're trying to gauge who you are as a player. And like I said, maybe you're on trial. Like they need to know, okay, this player is actually injured. So that's why they look like this right now. And, you know, the tough reality of it is, is if you get injured in a situation like that, that may mean that that trial or that team, it's not going to work out. But it's better to be open and honest than to lie and be underperforming because you're injured, but you're trying to fight through it and no one knows. And then they may come and speak to you and say, yeah, you know, I really don't think you're at the level or you haven't performed well. And you say, oh, well, I was actually injured. Well, you know, how could they have known that had you not said anything the entire time? So I think, again, open and honest communication is is key for all parties that are that are involved. The other thing that is important is this the idea like I spoke about of return to play versus rehab. So the beginning of the season I started the first friendly we played one friendly before we went into the regular season. I played the friendly and I played pretty well. I played fullback. I played a little bit of center mid. We did well. I performed well. I actually scored a goal. And I felt like, okay, I kind of have solidified my place, at least for now, in the starting 11 of this team. Then, boom, I get injured. So I wasn't able to play in the first game of the season. But I felt like, okay, I had done enough to 
established myself in the team as a, as a starter. But now I'm being told, okay, it's going to be at least four to six weeks. And for the physical therapist that I was working with, it was, okay, it's going to be four weeks of, you know, you can't really play yet. And then maybe by week five or six is when we're starting to play. Of course, like I said, I wanted it to be, I wanted to be back by three weeks <laughs> and I meant fully like within three weeks, I was playing 90 minutes again. And the reality was it didn't work out quite like that. Although I felt as if at times that maybe I could have been, cause I felt like I, I did actually rehab relatively quickly in terms of, in terms of this injury. But the point of the story is I didn't play for about those four or five weeks. We had some up and down results as a team, won a few games, lost a few games. And the two games prior to my return to fully playing, we had lost and we had given up seven goals in two games. And as me being a right back, you know, as, as bad as it does sound when you are trying to break into a team and your back four is not performing super well, that kind of gives you an opportunity to maybe break into the team. So I came back from my injury and I was kind of slotted into the group back with the first team guys and then played my first match back and I played 90 minutes and I performed pretty well. I thought, and yeah, felt good. We got a zero, zero result against a good team, the team that actually won the league. And I, and then the following week I trained again all week, thought pretty well with again, the first team guys. So I'm like, okay, you know, that sucked that process of getting injured, rehabbing, but I worked my ass off and now I'm back. And then we went into the following game and I got dropped. Didn't start, played about 20 minutes and then haven't started since then. So, This is important to note for anyone involved in the game in that the game, the game is all about seizing your opportunity. I felt like the reason why I wanted to get back so quickly was because this opportunity of me to solidify myself as a standout player, as a starter, as someone who is solid in the team every game that I didn't play every time that I wasn't able to prove myself, that kind of moment was slipping away. And that's why I was in such a rush to get back so I can perform so I can make sure that it's known that I can help this team win and I can do well in my position. I had to stay out for a long time due to, you know, restrictions put on by myself and, and by some other parties that are involved in this, 
process and who decides, you know, when players are healthy and who decides when they're fit to be picked for the squad. And then when I came back, I thought that I'd done well, but you know, that's football. Sometimes a coaching decision just goes a different way and, and it is what it is. On the flip side of that, if you're a player who is trying to break into a team and somebody gets injured, this is an opportunity. It's a cutthroat world, but this is an opportunity for you to go and seize that, that moment and take that position from that player, right? They go down. Okay. That's very unfortunate. You never wish an injury upon anyone, but now's the chance for you to come into the team. If you perform well, as you come back in, or as the injured player comes back in, it might be, they might have to stay on the bench because you're performing so well. You know, I've been kind of on every side of the coin of that situation. I've been the player who's been injured out and then immediately comes back into the team. You know, now I've experienced it right now where I've come back into the team, but actually the player who took my place has been performing really well and kept me out of the spot. I've, you know, I've been on all different sides of it. So I think that's been one of the most difficult things that I've had to learn and adapt with is understanding that difference between the rehab process and the return to play process. And when I say return to play, it's not really just physically being able to play because that's a component of it, but it's also returning to play in whatever role you were in before. You know, if you were a starter who played every game, it's how can I get back to that? Or how can I get back to, I was someone who came off the bench every single game. And now after I got injured, I can't really get minutes anywhere. The biggest key to your success in dealing with an injury is just how strong you can stay mentally. Can you stay positive and can you stay mentally strong through adversity. That's really that's really all that it comes down to because your confidence is going to be tested, your confidence is going to be wavered because you're not going to have that same training consistently to kind of give you your confidence as a player. So what are you going to do to stay mentally locked in, to stay focused so that the moment you get your opportunity again, you're ready to take it. You know, it's something that I'm working on now because at times when I've been coming back and I'm in the team and then I'm out of the team, it's it's tough for me to deal with at times to try and make sure I can stay positive and the moment I get my opportunity, perform really well. Because you might only get a little window and you really need to seize it the best that you can. Injuries can be one of the most difficult things to deal with. But if you treat them the right way, they can sometimes be a blessing in disguise. You know, that that saying of the injury is only going to make you stronger or I'm going to come back stronger for this. It might be a bit cliche. It might be something that we tell ourselves to try and make ourselves feel better. Yes. However, there is truth to that because if you think specifically about an injury, you know, for me, I strained my hamstring. I did so much isometric, eccentric, physical work on my hamstring to make it stronger. 
I firmly believe that now my hamstrings are stronger coming out of this injury than they were before because I did three days a week specific work to make my hamstrings stronger, to make that muscle and those tendons stronger so that something like this wouldn't occur again. A lot of athletes recognize that and speak to that same effect when they have an injury and they feel like all that intense work that they focus on that one specific muscle or joint or tendon, it helps them become stronger in that specific area. So mentally, it also gives you the opportunity to become stronger because it's going to test you. That an injury is definitely going to test what you are made of, and it's going to test your mental fortitude. And if you're able to come out of it the other side, and you're able to come out of it for the better, it's only going to make you stronger in the long run as a player, as an athlete, as a person. And I, I really firmly believe that. So again, I would never wish injuries upon anyone. I think that they suck and, and they're terrible, but there can be positives that can be drawn from them and you can certainly learn from them. And unfortunately for athletes, it's, it kind of is par for the course. So it's something that needs to be addressed and you need to kind of work hard to prevent them. If you do get them work hard to rehab and, and get through the process and, and become better coming out of it on the other side. So that's my two cents as someone who just recently has been dealing with an injury. You know, I still am doing prehab stuff before every training, before every game, and still taking good care of my hamstring best that I can to try and make sure I don't have any more issues or any re-injury problems. So this has been episode 39 of the In the 11 podcast. If you haven't checked out some of our recent episodes, 38 was awesome. Armis is a great listen. Tony as well. Anthony Lopez is an awesome listen. Austin is a great one as well. Three players who I've had the pleasure of getting to interview here on the show. Definitely go and check them out. I'd like to have some more players on here in the coming future. And again, some other people in the game as well. And, if anyone has any other ideas of things that I'd like to talk about, you know, you know, kind of similar to how today I took a topic like dealing with injuries. If you know someone has something else that they want me to address, I'd be happy to hear that from you. If you want to get in touch with the show, you can email us at indie11pod at gmail.com. Shoot us a DM on Instagram, indie11pod, all of that good stuff. We have a Facebook page as well, indie11podcast. Go and check that out. Thank you to Mystery Sport for the kit. It is awesome. If you want to get a kit for yourself, go and check out Mystery Sport. The link will be below. Use code INDY11 and you can get 10% off of your order. So definitely go and check that out. Not only does it give you an awesome kit, but it also helps the INDY11 show, helps us grow and it supports me in the podcast. So I would greatly appreciate that if you could go and show those guys some love. That covers it for 39. 
thank you all for being with me and for sticking around to, to see when the next episode is going to come out. Really appreciate it. Appreciate you guys listening and I'll talk to all you guys soon. Thank you.